Hello and welcome to episode 115 of My Circus, My Monkeys. This week, we're discussing setting expectations and holding folks accountable in the Supervisor Strengths Institute. Now, for many folks, holding people accountable and having those awkward, so you're not doing things right conversations is one of the most stressful parts of being a supervisor. In fact, people usually hate it so much, they put it off and avoid it. And the problem there, of course, is that it just builds tension and drama, and typically things get worse. So today, I want to help you reframe this concept of holding your team members accountable so that it's less awkward and stressful. So stay tuned. You're listening to My Circus, My Monkeys, the podcast for supervisors in education or any field that emphasizes growth and development. If you want to reign in the chaos and transform your team to better serve your students and clients, keep listening. This podcast explores essential information on supervision, employee engagement, and using a strengths-based framework to empower you and your team. We'll examine the latest research in psychology, neuroscience, education, and beyond to help you and your team get to the next level with your host, Ann Brackett, the Chief Engagement Officer of Strengths University. There are two main components of performance management, setting expectations and then holding people accountable for whether they've met those expectations. I've talked about setting expectations before, and quite frankly, holding people accountable only works well if you've set clear expectations. In a nutshell, If your expectations were unclear, it becomes very difficult to assess whether or not an employee has hit that mark. Now, that's just a reminder for you, but it's not what I want to focus on today. I want to dive into this concept of holding your team accountable for the expectations that have been set. And if you're not actively having those conversations, you're not managing your team. You're just hoping things turn out the way that you or others want. And sometimes you get lucky. Your team members do what needs to be done, and things seem to run smoothly. But what happens when you don't get lucky? What happens when folks don't meet your expectations? Well, what typically happens is you, and possibly other team members, get frustrated that Chris isn't pulling their weight, there's work that's not getting done, or that needs to be redone, and resentment starts to build. And all of that consumes a lot of time and energy that you and your team probably don't have. Then, of course, you as the supervisor start going round and round in your head about what to do about Chris. And you know you should talk to them, but you start thinking things like, what an uncomfortable conversation. Yeah, I guess I should do it since I'm their supervisor, but how is that fair? I'm doing my job, so why am I the one who's being punished and having to go through all this drama just because Chris can't do their job. Or, I already have too much work to get done. I'm just going to have to talk to Chris next week when I have more time. What do I even do about Chris? Sure, I guess talk to them. But what do I say? What if they get defensive? What if they get mad? What if they blame me? Or, you know what? I'm going to ask HR about Chris or my supervisor. They'll know what to do. Or, sure, Chris kind of sucks. 
but I have five other people on my team who are rock stars. So it's obviously not me or my supervision. Chris is the problem. Why should I have to deal with this? I'm sure you've had similar thoughts as you tried to decide what to do. I know I certainly have. But often at the same time, you justify to yourself why you really don't have time or why you shouldn't talk to them now. And I've definitely been guilty of avoiding talking to team members about their performance. I mean, it's not the most pleasant thing. And you do have so many other things you need to worry about, right? And all of this to say, I think that most of us automatically think about these scenarios whenever someone talks about accountability. And they're negative, right? But here's the thing. Telling your team members that they're not meeting your expectations is only half of the equation. I mean, what about all those folks on your team who are nailing it? Yes, you need to talk to underperformers about what's going wrong, but you also need to let the people who are performing well know that they've met or exceeded your expectations. Once you've set expectations, there are always once you've set expectations, there always needs to be that follow-up of whether those expectations were met. That's what accountability really is. When you only equate holding people accountable with failure, it becomes a very negative process. And that's something to be avoided. It makes you uncomfortable and it makes your team uncomfortable because every time there is a discussion about performance, it's almost always negative. And that would be like if you were a professor and you only gave folks grades on their assignments if they failed. Sure, if you were a student in that class, you'd be relieved that you didn't get your paper back, but you also really wouldn't know how you were doing or how you could improve. Did you get an A plus and just keep doing what you're doing? Or did you get a C and you have no idea whether or not you're headed towards more success or failure? That is stressful on everyone. So what if instead you gave everyone consistent feedback on how they were doing? What if accountability wasn't about difficult conversations, but simply about looking at what was clearly articulated as an expectation and discussing whether or not that was accomplished. Yes, that might mean having a conversation with Chris about how the report is missing X and Y, but it can just as easily mean a conversation with Alex about how they not only included all the information necessary, but also added in some information that helped the committee see things in a different light. Holding people accountable doesn't have to be stressful. It just needs to be consistent. And when you reframe it in this way, your brain is less likely to view it as something stressful that should be avoided. When you rarely give folks feedback on their work, any comment, positive or negative, holds a huge amount of weight. If you suddenly compliment Alex about their work, you probably feel pretty good about that exchange, but other people will wonder, well, what's wrong with my work? I mean... I didn't get a compliment, so there must be something wrong with what I'm doing, right? Or say you suddenly complain to Chris, you finally get around to talking to them, that, hey, you're not doing this right. Yes, of course, it's your job to give them that information. But if it wasn't timely, they're going to wonder why you didn't tell them the first time they did it. And all this wondering is going to take up a lot of folks' mental energy which means less energy and time that they have to use on the things that you need them to do. So what are you supposed to do? I completely understand that you're busy. 
adding on yet another thing probably feels overwhelming. Now, I've done previous episodes on how important it is to meet with your folks on a regular basis. If you're already doing that, great. Just add this right into your regularly scheduled meetings. Add this onto your agenda and make sure you're doing it for projects of any size. After all, if you can't tell someone that they need to improve a small thing or that they've done well in a small thing, how the bleep are you going to do it for something more significant? Now, if you're not having consistent meetings, you need to. And I'm not saying this to be bossy or because I'm unaware of exactly how swamped you are. I'm saying it because that's what the research shows. Gallup has found that effective supervisors have intentional conversations with their direct reports on a weekly basis. Now, those conversations only need to be about 15 minutes, but they still need to happen. If you want your team to be engaged and productive, that's what it takes. And just to clarify, being an effective supervisor isn't about you doing your job well. When you're effective, it means your team is more effective. It means everything is more productive. And let's be honest, if you're not doing that now, if you're not meeting with your team regularly now, and everyone, including yourself, feels stressed and overwhelmed, that means what you're doing now is not working. If working harder was going to fix things, things would be better by now. There is a reason you're listening to this. Instead of trying to do more things, refocus your energy into better managing your team. If you can start doing that effectively, your team will be more productive and you can either delegate the things on your plate or perhaps even discover that certain things don't have to be done for your team to get the results that you want. Einstein said, or at least this quote is attributed to him, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. I guarantee this is a better investment of your time than frantically trying to do all the things. So whether you've been having consistent meetings or have just been persuaded by my brilliant argument, what does holding people accountable in those meetings look like? I'm going to walk you through two quick examples in a second. But when you break it down, there's really just three steps. Comparing the expectation to the end results. Reflecting on why they got the results that they did. And focusing on future outcomes. Now, ideally, you'll use a strengths framework for these conversations, but if you haven't taken Clifton Strengths, if your team hasn't, don't skip this process. As I've said in previous episodes, using strengths just gives you and your team members very tangible things and ways to reflect on the situation and create necessary action plans. And, and it's just a shortcut to do that. So let me walk you through examples and we'll cover Chris nailing an assignment, and then Chris dropping the ball. And keep in mind, this should be part of your agenda. This shouldn't just be a standalone meeting. So in these little scripts or suggestions of how to get started, I'm skipping the pleasantries. Oh, hi, welcome to our meeting, Chris. And keep in mind, this does not have to be the first thing you discuss. In fact, we recommend discussing new or in-process task first, so the expectation part, and then rolling into completed tasks. And I'm going to focus on how to start these conversations versus doing a whole script. 
Just keep in mind that this should be a conversation. It's not you just talking at the person. You want to both acknowledge what happened and explore why it happened. So let's cover Chris nailed it. And again, this is you talking. Okay, Chris, let's talk about the student retention report you just turned in. Great work. You got it done by the deadline and met all the expectations that we discussed over the past few weeks. When I gave you this assignment, we talked about how you needed to include the retention stats from last fall and identify any patterns you noticed about freshman students who decided to leave. We had talked about using indicators like student housing versus commuters, participation in student activities, and midterm grades. But not only did you clearly outline how these factors impacted retention, you also pulled in some information about freshman seminar performance. That was a strategic move, and it's really going to help us catch students more quickly next semester. I'm curious, what strengths do you think helped you navigate this assignment so quickly? What gave you the idea to look at freshman seminar information? All right, so let's talk about when Chris drops the ball. Because, you know, you are going to have to have those conversations. So here we go. Okay, Chris, let's talk about the student retention report you just turned in. When we discussed this assignment over the past few weeks, I was very clear that I needed it by Monday at noon, so I would have time to review it for my meeting on Tuesday morning. When I got back from lunch Monday, I had to call you and ask where it was, and you told me that you needed it until the end of the day to complete it. And that meant I had to bring it home to review it, which I hadn't planned. Then when I looked it over, I realized it was missing several components. And when I gave you this assignment, we talked about how you needed to include the retention stats from last fall, identify any patterns you noticed about freshman students who decided to leave. And we specifically talked about using indicators like student housing, participation in student events, and midterm grades. You did report the retention numbers and the midterm grades but you didn't include any of the other factors. Let's break down what happened so we can both understand where you went off course and develop a plan to keep this from happening again. First, can you help me understand why it wasn't done by noon? Which one of your talents do you think might have gotten in your way to meeting this deadline? And which strength do you think you might lean into in the future if that were to get in your way again? And again, Chris you know, as of course answering these questions. Now let's process what happened with the report itself. We discussed all the components I needed you to include in previous meetings. Can you help me understand what happened? What got in your way of getting this task done as assigned? And of course, after they, you talk a bit about what might've gotten in their way, flip the script. And when you think about your top five, which strength do you think might help you better navigate this in the future? So those are some examples just to kind of get you started and understand what this looks like during these meetings. And remember, whether you have an employee who's nailing it or missing the mark, your goal is to let them know where they landed compared to the expectations and then help them process why that happened. Like, why did you succeed? So if it's a positive outcome, you want that individual to know how they got there so they can lean into those strengths in similar situations. And if it's a negative outcome, you want that individual to understand what got in their way and how they might better navigate future situations. And after you finish this discussion, again, this accountability piece, just move into the next agenda item. When this is just a part of your 
your whole meeting, your whole conversation, it's not going to seem as confrontational or dramatic as a standalone, Chris, we need to talk meeting. Remember, this is all a process of better managing your team member's performance. If there's a similar task in the future, make sure you bring up this conversation when you're covering the new expectations. If they nailed it, remind them, Chris, I remember how you leaned into your analytical strength in that retention report you did last week. I'm sure it will help you with this task as well. If they had issues, you want to remind them of the plan they came up with to avoid the previous missteps. And it's not, hey, Chris, remember the last time when you said your woo got in the way and gets you distracted and so you missed that deadline? You want to focus on helping them succeed. So you're focusing on the plan. So something more like, Chris, I know last time you mentioned woo tends to distract you. What talent did you say could help you stay better on track when woo gets out of control? And of course, you can ask them if there's anything you can do to help them implement this new plan. But again, the idea is not bringing up past failures to rub it in their face, but rather, hey, sometimes we don't make the mark and we just use that as a learning opportunity to move on and do better this time. It's about normalizing making mistakes and learning from them so you improve. And those are just a few examples of how you can easily incorporate these discussions into your one-on-one meetings. And even if it still seems stressful to get this rolling, once you get this system down, it's gonna benefit everyone. Everyone will be less stressed because feedback will be consistent. Your team will know where they stand with you. And you won't have to worry about when to talk to Chris. You'll talk to them at the same time you always talk to them. And it won't be this weird, scary standalone meeting. It will be in the context of your regular check-ins because that's how you effectively manage your team's performance. As always, Alicia and I are here to support you as you reflect on where you are and where you want to go. One great way to invest in yourself and your team is to join us for the summer cohort of the Supervisor Strengths Institute. We are revamping the Institute this summer to make it even more manageable for your busy schedule. It is the same great content, but we've condensed it so you can work through each week's modules and start implementing change even faster. We know that life can too easily get in the way of you staying on track, so we've also added a bonus for everyone who completes all eight weeks of learning. You will get an additional 60 minutes of our time, and you can use that for more individual coaching, a short team session, or to receive a discount on a longer team workshop. Our Summer Institute starts on May 28th. Go ahead and register now. Check it off your list. We want you, your team, and your students to shine their brightest. And that starts with you. So join us for the Summer Institute using the link in the show notes. Or if you have questions about the Institute or other services, contact us at Anne, and that's A-N-N-E, at strengthsuniversity.org. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as other episodes, on our website www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. 
Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.